for a few weeks, and I, I don't mean to <clears throat> belabor this, but I just, this is where I have been, and I keep going back to this. And I think the main reason uh, that the Lord has dealt with me about John chapter 15 is because I have a desire in my heart to be fruitful. I want to bear fruit, and I want to live a life that is a, a fruitful life for the Lord. I don't want to be barren. I don't want to be dead. I want to be tapped into the vine and drawing for that, from that wonderful provision that is ours to put our confidence uh, in him and to draw from him. Well, let's read this. We read this a few weeks ago, and, uh, <clears throat> but I want to go back to it and read these verses once again. John chapter 15, verse number 1. I am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you're clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words... Abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my com commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servants knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. You've, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you praise God so in this these verses it's pretty clear that he wants us to bear fruit he wants us to bear fruit more fruit much fruit and fruit that remains or fruit that will continue that won't wither it won't go away but it continues it won't spoil but it will remain that's the kind of fruit that he wants all of us to be bearing so we know that there's 
fruit of the Spirit that He wants in our life. And uh, there's a lot of different ways that the fruit of a Christian life manifests itself. You see it in a person's life, evident that they are connected to God. They're walking with God, and it becomes obvious in their life that they have uh, a relationship uh, with, with the Lord. And that's so important because we, we according to this uh, lesson of Jesus to his disciples, we must be connected. We must be attached to the vine, and he is the vine. Now, to put this account into kind of a, a context, when you go to the last verse of the previous chapter, Jesus has, giving the, has been giving the disciples instructions concerning what's going to happen when I go away. He's warning them, I'm getting ready to go away. But when I do, I'm going to send the comforter. He's going to be with you. And he gives them all these wonderful words of instruction of how to be prepared for the day when, he, when he's physically no longer with them, but yet they can still connect to him and be in fellowship with him like you and I can tonight. We can have a walk with the Lord. We can have fellowship with the Lord, and we can draw our spiritual strength from him, and that's what he wants us to do. But in the last verse of chapter 14, he says, arise and let us go thence. So it's most, most believe that he leaves from this place, this upper room, and he walks all the way across the city to uh, uh, the, uh, the garden where he is going to uh, pray and his disciples are going to pray with him. But on the way, along the route, all over Palestine are vineyards. Everywhere you look are vineyards. And uh, so no doubt he passes vineyards and he uses that as uh, a, a, you know, a visual illustration to them. And they all know about vineyards. They've been, uh, everybody in Jerusalem and in Israel grew up seeing vineyards everywhere. And most had their own vineyard. If they had their own property, they had their own vineyard. And so they understood a lot about uh, the vine and uh, the vineyards and uh, the fruit of that, of that vine. And uh, so he's, he's making this spiritual lesson, spiritual application to them. See this vine? See this vineyard? See how it's bearing fruit? It can only bear fruit if it goes through the process of being connected. That limb, if it's pulled away from the vine, it can't survive. It won't bear fruit. The only way that, that that limb can bear fruit is if it's connected to the vine. Connected to the vine, then it can, then it can bear fruit. He says, I am the vine, you're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. We need to be... Reminded of that, this is what the Lord has been dealing with me about. He's reminding me that I'm nothing, that I have nothing, I can do nothing, that has any spiritual significance. I can't accomplish anything that's going to count for eternity's sake. In my own strength, I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. And so are you. We are, as the body of Christ. We're not going to be able to get anything done that's going to count for time and eternity unless we are connected. 
unless we are attached to the vine. I want to bear fruit, and part of that fruit is not only the fruit of the Spirit, but I want to bear fruit. I want to see people come to the Lord. I want them to be saved. And I know that's not going to happen unless there is some supernatural move of God that takes place. Just as much as it would take uh, a miracle for someone that had died to raise from the dead, so is it a miracle when people come to the Lord and get saved. The Bible says they are dead. Before you come to the Lord, you're dead in your trespasses and sins. You're hopelessly lost. And the only hope is the life of Jesus Christ. That's the only hope. And the fruit that you and I can bear, I know we can try real hard, we can witness, we can try to reach out to people, and none of that's wrong. It's all worthwhile to do our best to reach out to people, to pray for people, to, to uh, uh, do our best to reach them for Jesus. Nothing wrong with that. It's, it's important uh, that we do that, but it's also important that we be reminded of the fact they're not going to be saved unless there's a supernatural move of God unless there is a regenerating work of the Spirit of God. The salvation, the person being born again, is quite the miracle. It is a great miracle when someone comes to the Lord. John chapter 6 and verse 63, it says, It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The word there means makes alive. The Spirit makes alive. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak into you, they are spirit and they are life. So we don't have anything to offer to the world in their lost condition except the reality of our relationship with Jesus. We have Jesus to offer to them. And it's not just talking about him, but it's being connected with him. It's having fellowship with him and being in a relationship with the Lord that causes you to have something to offer to the world that otherwise you could not do anything to help them in their sin. Colossians 2 and 13, it says, in you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, have he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses. So when a person comes to the Lord and gets saved, it's not so much what they are doing, certainly repentance and calling on the Lord and all that's important, but the real wonderful miracle that takes place is when new life enters into their dead life and they are quickened and made alive. So we should pray, Lord, quicken these that are unsaved. Quicken them. Deal with them. Speak to them and let the life of Jesus Christ change them and affect them because otherwise they can't be saved. You know, new life is really amazing, isn't it? I think you all know how much I love babies. Let me tell you, babies are pretty amazing miracles. They're amazing miracles. Do you know that babies have, uh, they're, they're totally dependent but they do have some God-given instincts that God gave to them. And uh, so is it true of someone that is born of the Spirit, someone that has been made alive of the Spirit of God. You don't have to teach a baby how to nurse. Babies know how. 
It's just instinctive in them. God put that instinctive ability in them. They don't have to be taught. If they're a healthy, normal baby, then that's what they're going to do. They immediately want to eat. Amen. Amen. That's, that's the, the miraculous nature of a baby. And it's an instinctive desire to eat that God has placed in their heart. There's not too many other things, just about everything else that in babies, they have to be taught. It's almost all learned behavior. Their parents and those that are around them, their siblings, they learn from their family most of the time, don't they? And uh, most of their behavior, behavior is learned behavior. It's not instinctive. But, but eating and nursing is instinctive. God put that in them. So is it true of someone that is born of the Spirit, that they have this desire in their heart for the things of God. A good evidence that someone has truly been born again is they have a hunger for the things of God. They have a hunger for the Bible. They're glad to learn more about the Word of God. There's an interest and a hunger. And if there's an evidence that a person is spiritually dead, they have no interest in spiritual things. If someone is spiritually dead, they could care less about the Bible. They could care less about prayer, or care less about the things of God, doesn't mean anything to them because they are dead. They need to be quickened by or made alive by the Spirit of God. Amen. And that's what we're praying for as the Lord would convict and deal with the lost and make them aware of their need for God. And when they get born again, then they're going to want, they're going to have a hunger for the things of God. Amen. And that'll continue as long as you serve the Lord, you'll go from milk to meat eventually. You'll grow in the things of the Lord. You'll want more of the things of God, uh, the deeper things of the Lord as you grow in the things of the Lord because you have the life of God in you. Amen. You're tapped in. Another instinct that is in babies, there may be others, but, but another one that I'm aware of is that babies have, a, have an instinctive uh, fear of falling. You can take a little bitty infant baby and just kind of pitch them up in the air a little bit and they stiffen out like this. Yeah, all, you know, their arms and their legs. And it's because God has put in them this instinctive uh, awareness and a fear of falling. My, that has a spiritual lesson, doesn't it? That when God, when someone gets truly born again, then they have this thing that God has put in their heart uh, and a concern about the things of the world that might uh, destroy them or, or might take them away uh, from their fellowship uh, with the Lord. So babies are wonderful, aren't they? New life is wonderful. And I'd love to see new life right here in our church. People come to the Lord and get really born again, really born of the Spirit. Their life changed and uh, have this new desire and hunger for the things of the Lord. Amen. So as we deepen our walk with the Lord and draw nearer to the Lord, then we will begin to bear fruit. Amen. We'll begin to bear fruit. Some of the things that takes place in this process that this chapter describes is, first of all, is pruning. Pruning. If there's something 
that uh, every branch that bears fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. What does it mean? Well, to purge and to prune uh, a vine or any, any uh, tree or anything. It just means cut something away that is, that is drawing the, the, the strength and the resource uh, away from that fruit-bearing limb. And so if it's just there and it needs to be cut away, and that's a painful process in, the, in your walk with the Lord. But the Lord knows how to deal with us about things in our life that aren't pleasing to Him and certainly things that are not productive in our life. There's a lot of things that are not necessarily sinful things, but they're just not worth anything as far as your spiritual growth and progress is concerned. So if you're, if you're longing to get closer to the Lord, then the Lord may take you down that pathway of pruning and cutting away things that are not really important in your life, not necessary if you want to be fruitful in your life. God deals with that and cuts it away. Amen. And it is painful, but it is necessary if you're going to be fruitful. He removes all those things that are hindrances to our fruitfulness. He removes them and the pain is necessary he cuts it away. And Jesus is talking to his disciples as they're walking along and looking at a vineyard. And he says to them, and this is in verse number three, now you're clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. He's been talking to them all throughout chapter 14. And now he's teaching them this object lesson about the vine. And he says, what's happening right now is I'm cleaning you. I'm purging you. I'm pruning you so that you can bear fruit in your life. Amen. Bear fruit, more fruit, much fruit, and fruit that remains. I think really the more I have studied this and meditated on this, uh, I've come to the clear conclusion that uh, uh, the verse that is the key verse is the, the verse number five. And the last phrase where he says, for without me, you can do nothing. That's the whole key to the whole chapter. It's the whole key. Without me, you can do nothing. When you realize that if you're not connected to him, you know, uh, you just can't do, you can't get anything done. And, and that's going to count for time and eternity and for the cause of Jesus Christ. Without me, you are nothing. You are nothing. And we need to... We need to let that sink down deep into our hearts and realize that we need to be quickened by the power of the Spirit of God. The same theme there is in John chapter 6 where he says that it's the Spirit that quickeneth the flesh profiteth nothing. You're not going to get much done in, in the flesh that's going to count for the kingdom's sake. Not by the flesh. It's only by the Spirit. It's only by your walk with God, your touch of the touch of God that's upon your life that anything can really make a difference for eternity's sake. Amen. Praise God. Verse 7, he describes one of the processes, one of the ways we have the pruning process. But then there's also the word of the Lord and the importance. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Wonderful privileges, wonderful blessings that come from being connected to the Lord through the power of his word. 
If you're connected to the word of the Lord, that's why it's so important that we read it. It's so important that we hear it taught and preached. It's important that you study it and meditate upon it and memorize it and let it sink down into your heart because it's, it's your source. It's your strength. It's what you are able to uh, draw from. Uh, in times of need, you can draw from your connection with the word of the Lord. And he says here, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you can ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Another blessing of, of abiding in the vine is that you have more power in prayer, more ability to pray effective prayers when you call upon the Lord. If you're connected to him, then you can go to prayer. The same theme is mentioned there in verse 16, uh, where it says, fruit that remain, that whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Praise God. Amen. Two promises in that chapter that remind us if we abide in the vine, if we are connected and attached to the Lord and drawing from this wonderful resource that is ours through, through a, a, a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, then we have a, a, a power in prayer, an ability to pray powerful and effective prayers. Whatever you ask of the Father, it shall be done. If you wonder about your prayers and, Lord, why are my prayers not getting through? Maybe it has to do with the fact that you've become too careless in your walk with the Lord. Too careless in your connection with the Lord and holding on to the Lord. Then you can pray prayers that are powerful, prayers that are effective, your connection with God. So read it and study it and meditate on it and take advantage of every opportunity to hear it taught and preached and, and let it sink down deep into your heart and your spirit. And from that resource, you can pray effective prayers. Amen. Praise God. Verse 11, these things I have spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Another wonderful benefit of being connected with Jesus. Amen. A joy that comes into your life, that your joy might be full. Amen. I understand that there's, there's good times and things that the world has to offer. Some of those things are not necessarily bad things. But let me tell you, they are empty and they are short-lived. The pleasures of the, of the world are short. They're just a short season of enjoyment and good. But you can, you can tap in to a relationship with Jesus and your joy can be full. You can live in the joy of the Lord. You can be happy and joyful because of your walk with the Lord. And that, that can take place when all the world around you is all glum and depressed and worried and you know, down and out. If you'll get a hold of the Lord, if you'll, if you'll walk with him and stay uh, connected to the vine, then you're going to be able to have the joy of the Lord. The world's not going to understand it. They can't comprehend why you could be joy in the midst of so many dark and difficult days that we're living in right now. But it's because you have connected to him. Amen. Connected to the Lord. Amen. Another benefit is in verse uh, 12 and 13. He says, this is my commandment that you love one another 
As I have loved you, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Another wonderful benefit of being connected to the vine is the Lord gives you a love for your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Amen. He gives you a love for them. You care about them. And you, uh, and that comes from your walk with the Lord, your relationship with the Lord. Then he fills your heart with joy and with love for the brethren. Amen. Praise the Lord. We need more of that, don't we? Really do. And then he says, verse uh, 14, you're my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Then we have a different kind of a relationship with Jesus. He said, you're no longer servants or slaves, but you are now my friends. Amen. You walk with the Lord and you develop a whole new level of connection with him. You're not just a servant, but you're his friend. And you can walk with him and talk with him and fellowship with him and stay tapped into this wonderful resource that is ours. Amen. And then the last verse that I read was verse 16. It tells us that he will give to us fruit that will remain. This is talking about fruit that won't rot. It won't, uh, it will, it will continue. It will, you can bear fruit that can last. Even after you are passed from this life, you can have a fruit that continues. Fruit that remains. Isn't that wonderful? To know I'm telling you, I can, I do today, I draw from a lot of wonderful men and women of God who invested in my life over the years, and uh, their fruit is still alive. It's still a blessing to me today. Uh, and uh, I'm sure you have those kind of connections that you've had with people of God, men and women of God, and their lives and their words and their ministry uh, have been, they're lasting and they're going to keep on lasting. Fruit that will remain even beyond this life, beyond your lifespan, that you can live in such a way and connected with connection with Jesus that your life will have such an impact that even after you're gone, people's lives are going to be affected by that. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to bear fruit and I want to reach people. For Jesus, and I know that they're, if they're lost, they're dead in their trespasses and sins. There's no way. I can't do anything. I can't convince them or talk them in to their need to serve the Lord. But I do know this, that if they will just reach out in faith to him, they can be born again of the Spirit, and their life can be changed. And from that day forward, they can be in connection with Jesus. And everything is different. Praise the Lord. And I, I really long to see that happen. People born again, regenerated by the power of the Spirit of God, made alive through Jesus Christ. Their life is changed and different because they have tapped in to the vine. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I just want to encourage you, if you're feeling... Uh, like that you are weak spiritually. You're not accomplishing what you want to accomplish for God. Remember, the key is your walk with the Lord, your fellowship with the Lord, your connection with him. That's the whole key. 
It's not some new idea, nothing wrong with new ideas about outreach or evangelism, nothing wrong with things like that, but the key, the real source, is your connection with Jesus. Amen. Father, we just thank you for your word, what it means to us, and how you've spoken to us through the power of your word. And I pray, Lord, that you would just do a complete work in us and stir our hearts. Lord, we want to bear fruit, more fruit, much fruit, and fruit that will last. Lord, I ask you, Lord, stir our hearts, stir our hearts tonight, Lord. Help us to see that without you we're nothing. Help us to see, Lord, that we cannot accomplish anything by the, the strength of our flesh. It is only by the Spirit of God that anything worthwhile can take place. Lord, stir our hearts to that, to that great promise that you've given to us in your word. Praise the Lord. Would you stand with me, everybody? Amen. Let's take just a 